Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching the gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Away we go. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. Wait a second. It's not Friday. That's right. It's mailbag day all week long. Please send your questions, comments, conundrums, or snarks to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, before you get to the mailbag, would you like to guess the consistent email that I've been receiving this last week? What the theme of them has been? What? I tend to see themes. It's... it's, It might be nothing. It could be something. But I tend to see a lot of emails of a certain type. And this last week, I've been seeing a lot of emails from people who are worried that they are Hebrews 6, that they are somebody who has gone back, that they have lost their faith because of their sin. If you're confused about Hebrews 6, please go to the YouTube machine, Wretched Hebrews 6. It's a 30-minute show where we unpack what what Paul Bob, the author of Bob, Bob's the author of Hebrews, what he was trying to tell the people who weren't yet saved. Don't go back to the old system. We have the better. Why would you want to go back? Don't go back. Move forward in faith. That's what's happening in Hebrews chapter six. You'll find it at the YouTube machine, Wretched Hebrews six. And please note When it comes to the sin of the Holy Spirit, can you commit that sin? Well, the answer is technically no, but sort of yes. What is exactly being described as the sin of the Holy Spirit? We need to take a look at the context. Jesus is doing miracles. They knew he was the Messiah, and they persisted in their denial. It was an ongoing, yeah, I know, but no, I don't receive you as Messiah. That's the sin against the Holy Spirit, and a knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, and a refusal, ongoing refusal to bend the knees. The types of emails that I hear are, are sound more like this. I hate this. I don't want to be without Jesus. I don't want to disappoint my Savior. Have I committed the sin against the Holy Spirit with a heart like that? I don't think so. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. We start with Jordan, who is wondering. My sunburn is fine. Thanks for asking, Jimmy. Your sunburn. I'm fine. Okay. How are how is it? It's a little late, don't you think, <laughs> to be asking about my physical well-being? I, I didn't even know you had That's a sunburn. That's okay. Just do the mailbag thing. I'm fine. You didn't know I had sunburn. No. Are you kidding? We had to turn the air conditioning up around here. I'm emanating that much heat. <laughs> I got grilled like a steak. I'm telling you. Just, why I've never you, seen a color like that. Why don't you wear sunblock? Every time you come back from the campus. <laughs> <laughs> well, the camp, I do put this on. 
didn't put sunblock on. I confess my foolishness. But 30 minutes, come on. The, the, you know what? Here's This is what global warming is. Me. <laughs> I'm warming the planet. I'm telling you, I got that baked, but I'm fine. I'm really, I'm fine. I'm, That's good to hear. I'm wearing socks that are like around your ankles because, wow, does it hurt to put on a pair of socks? <laughs> I'm telling you. Whew, this shirt feels just great. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Jordan is wondering if not about your sunburn, but if we can mm-hmm. have true reconciliation with someone if they refuse to acknowledge their sin and repent of it. Let's make sure that we understand true reconciliation. Can you be reconciled in that you now have a friendly relationship with somebody who sinned against you but fails to repent? Yeah, but can you have a fully restored reconciliation? No, I don't think you can. Repentance is crucial in a relationship. Repentance is what what what, what regains trust. It helps the person who's been sinned against know you're actually contrite, that you didn't enjoy sinning against them, and that you are really worthy of trust. When somebody doesn't repent, it just erodes trust. So the other day, I'm watching the movie Fireproof. That's right. I'm watching the Fireproof movie because... I remember seeing it in 2007. I hate to, I think it was 2007, wasn't it? Uh, it was early, yes. Something like that. We, we had just moved to Atlanta. It was at the Fox Theater, which is also known as the Islamic Shrine Theater, because that's what the decorations look like there. And I'm, and I'm sitting actually next to Caleb watching the movie Fireproof. And I, I know that there were some Christians who were like, oh, it's just so unrealistic, man. Like the guy gets saved and then the wife gets saved. And it's just, yeah. That happens all the time. I don't know what you think conversion to Christianity is, but I think it portrayed it very well. A man who is recalcitrant, he refuses to repent. He is mean to his wife. He's eroded trust. She wants out. He gets saved. And then what does he seek to do? Repent. Do you remember the bedside scene? He's kneeling at the bed. I'm so I have hurt you for years. I have mistreated you. I am sorry. I've asked God to forgive me and I'm praying that you will forgive me too. And her response I think was pretty realistic. I'm not sure I'm ready to trust you yet. I think we need to receive that and expect that. If we've sinned against somebody and they don't immediately say, sure, full privileges right out of the gate. No, they can be cautious. That would be exercising wisdom. So don't be offended by that. If you want to see healing in your home, full reconciliation, restoration, flourishing relationships, I'm telling you, repentance is crucial. And speaking of movies, Jimmy... Yes. I'd like to do a movie review. Ah. Yeah, of the of the Maverick movie. Uh, Top Gun 2 with yeah. the Scientologist. <laughs> Did I go to the movie? No, I I don't recall that I stuck it out for the entire Top Gun 1. So I'm <laughs> running to go to Top Gun 2. I don't blame you. Uh, but I wonder if the reason that it did 160 million dollars its first weekend is because twofold. One, that people, they want to see men doing bold, brave things because we have a paucity of that these days. And they maybe just want to go see somebody who's willing to go right into the danger zone and to do heroic things. Second, and maybe even more so than the first musing, they want to go back 
People want to go back. Jimmy, real quick, look up Top Gun 1. When did that movie come out? I suspect it was during Ronald Reagan years. It was a time that we look back nostalgically. It, it was a better time winning the Cold War. The economy is roaring. You've got a patriotic president who feels in control, in command, and yet grandfatherly. I want to go back there. And I think Top Gun 2 transports you back to a time where it just felt less insane. What year was it? 1986. There you go. So so Ronald Reagan was the president. That means my musings are 100% accurate. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. From Adrian, who says, we spent some time at the public school I work praying for the victims of the recent shootings in Texas. And my principal used the verse where two or more gathered in her prayer. If someone uses that verse in a context like that, is it necessarily wrong? Well, it's. Their their understanding of the verse is wrong. Would I correct them in that context? I don't think I would. Somebody's praying, Lord, we're two or more gathered in your name. You're with us. Um, excuse me, principal. Um, you don't understand the context of that verse. Jesus is actually on a discourse about church discipline, giving keys of authority to Christians to judge if a person is actually behaving like a Christian or not. Do they need to be set out of the camp? And if two of you agree on that, I'm with you. I endorse your decision. You are echoing the decision that has already been made in heaven. That's the context of it. It's not that anytime two people get together, Jesus somehow appears. So wrong usage. But I think probably the wrong time to correct him. Now, would that be easy for me? No, it wouldn't. Because, mm, that, mm, but no, not in that setting. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Um, from. Um, well, you didn't think we were going to keep doing radio here? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you think I was just going to blah, blah, blah? Well, you typically do. All righty. <laughs> this one comes from 18 year old. She wears some shin black. <laughs> From 18-year-old Alex, who's seeking some wisdom regarding uh, dating as a young adult and wondering if you had specific tips you could share for a young man looking to remain godly as he pursues a wife in a godless culture. Go watch Fireproof. Do you remember the scene where the one fire guy says to Caleb, when you glue together a salt and pepper shaker, try to pull it apart. What happens? You destroy both. You hurt both. That's what happens when you knit your heart together with somebody that you're dating. Instead, be more intentional. Be more thoughtful. If you identify a man or a woman that has the godly characteristics that are required biblically, then, sir, you should go to her dad and say, I'd like to spend time with your daughter, not uniting our hearts, but to see if we're compatible and if the potential of pursuing marriage exists. Then if you determine yes, then you can start getting a little bit closer without, of course, being sexual. But don't knit your heart together until somebody has said, Yes, I will marry you. Otherwise, uh, you'll be like a salt or pepper shaker. This is Wretched Radio. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable, biblical, health sharing Christians, paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month 
And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today, where we're on a mission to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're so grateful and thankful for all of our gospel partners who have supported us in the past, but we need your help to continue our mission. I think it was last week, maybe it was the week before, but I opened my email and Kurt and Jessica, faithful Wretched supporters, had written in and shared a testimony with us where they said in part, quote, we have always loved listening to your program, but in a tough time, we're even more grateful for the knowledge you instilled. And that's it, y'all. That's why we exist at Wretched. Everything we produce here at Wretched is made with a high view of scripture and a high view of good stewardship. So let me just take a second. I want to thank you for your previous generosity. And I also want to ask for your continued prayerful and financial support. You can find out more about becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1807. The British Parliament votes to abolish the slave trade. Its decision is owing in large part to the tireless efforts of the Christian politician, William Wilberforce. Wilberforce's example spurred on abolitionist efforts in America for the next 55 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. My sunburn is actually biblical. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, would you like to know how my sunburn, which you're so concerned about, is absolutely biblical? Please tell me. The burning bush. I know exactly how it felt. It was a bush and it continued to be a bush while being on fire. So I am like the burning bush. Ergo, my sunburn is biblical. Now, you think that is a bad use of scripture? You should go to most evangelical megachurches, rip, mangle, tear, contort. You will see a whole lot worse scripture twisting than my burning bush reference. Please send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Daniel. You sound sad about it. No, 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 no. I was just thinking about if I should uh, uh, continue your sunburn convert. 
comment. But I'm not gonna. Are you just gonna? Yeah, I'm just gonna ignore it. <laughs> so Daniel is wondering if a woman can lead a mixed sex Bible study group. Is leading a Bible study group a position of authority or teaching, as described in First Timothy two? Permit me to say that women can indeed have the gift of teaching. Okay. The Bible, however, defines the context in which that teaching is permissible. And it would be the teaching of women. It would be the teaching of children. And that is God's decision to run church in an orderly fashion so that there is leadership. There is, if you will, leadership in the Trinitarian Godhead. Father, Son submits, Holy Spirit submits. There's there's submission that goes on for orderliness sake. Jesus was not being cruel when he instructed Paul to write down that I do not permit a woman to preach or to have authority over men. So there's 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 the issue right there. Preaching, not teaching. Preaching is authoritative in and of itself. And for the sake of order, God said it's men who have that role. However, Women can have the gift of teaching and they should exercise it just in the right context. So if the context is a mixed group, uh, then I think that that would be a violation of God's definition of who should be doing what in the church. Idea at wretched.org. Okay. So you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. You know, I I don't necessarily think um, a woman leading a Bible study is immediately a violation. I mean, because she can facilitate without actually teaching. I'm sorry. But it's when, what? when we started this, what? I was talking to Jimmy Hicks. Suddenly I'm talking to Rob Bell. No. What happened no, here? No, no, I'm not You're saying that. You're going all liberal. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I, I think a woman could facilitate a, what does dis- that mean? a discussion. She could facilitate a discussion amongst a group without actually teaching, but I think it's such a fine line to slip into yeah, teaching. It starts to, yeah, it starts to get a little, you know. So I'd stay away from it. Yeah, it's probably safer to be that way, mm-hmm. knowing that God knows best. And there's nothing... It's it's kind of interesting. Sometimes I'll hear some women say, what do you mean I only get to preach to women and children? And I say, what do you mean? You get to preach to women and children. I should say teach is a better choice of words because there is a distinction. That's great to teach women. It's great to teach children. Use your gift. But we just have to follow God's rules. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Chad. He says he works for a large company that's beginning to have... Um, their teams have diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, conversations. Yeah. And he says, there's some topics I can be vocal about, like the sin, uh, like about sin, like racism. But I know the transgender and LGBTQ topics are coming. I need my income to support my family of six, but I will not compromise Christ. Right. So would it be a sin to say as little as possible during these conversations? No. In fact, it wouldn't be a sin to say nothing. When you go to work for somebody, you can anticipate they are going to say or even encourage sinful things. We don't participate in them, but by not speaking up, you're not sinning. Similarly, the school that teaches a kid about evolution and then says, how old is the earth? 
And they write down whatever the latest cockamamie year number is, 14.2 billion. All they're doing is regurgitating back what they have been asked to answer based on what they have been taught in that classroom. I don't I don't think that you're sinning. I don't think that you're denying the Lord. I think discretion is a manifestation of wisdom. Not talking sometimes is the smartest thing we can do. And increasingly, I think more Christians are going to be confronted with this very situation. And it's going to get harder and harder. And I might suggest we would all do well to consider if something like the big squeeze happens in my corporation where I have to sign something affirming something that I do not agree with, what are you going to do? Well, you can go to Alliance Defending Freedom and you can sue them. I wouldn't take that off of the list. Um, You might have to find another job. And, And we should in this current culture, we just need to put it on the radar. If especially if you're in an organization where you're starting to feel the pressure to acquiesce to progressivism, just be thinking about it because you might need to find a new gig pretty soon. What a world. What a world. Corporations that are implementing a set of morals on society. Idea at Wretched. Dot org. All right. This one comes from Hector, who's wondering how he should deal with his concern that his pastor has recommended to the congregation uh, a R-rated movie. The movie contains terrible language and nudity, and he feels like it's a stumbling block for him and surely others. Yeah. What do you do? Talk to the pastor. Put together your thoughts. Take some time without gossiping. Receive some godly counsel. Hey, is this overblown? Am I imagining an R-rated movie that the pastor endorses? So I went to the family review and it's nudity and swearing and blasphemy. Am I overreacting? The wise person will say, no, you're not. Put together your thoughts. Put together the Bible verses that would instruct us. We don't see filthy movies. We don't put our eyes on nudity. We don't indulge our, our, or immerse our brain, saturate our thinking with blasphemy and foul language. We have no part of that business. We're peculiar. We're set apart. Get your Bible verses put together. Sit down respectfully, lovingly, and say, Pastor, love you. So grateful for your service. Want to talk about an issue that I have to confess, I found a little bit surprising and not quite in keeping with your character. You recommended an R-rated movie. Here's why I think that that was not a great idea. That's where you'll get clarity. That's where you're going to know where the fellow stands. Please, whether it is this issue or any other, your pastor does something that you don't like. Please watch out how much you talk about it at the Kitchen Island. Don't just turn it into a jawbone fest about the pastor and imaginations and belly aching and carping. First of all, it's not going to do you any good. Second of all, it's going to be a detriment to your children that they hear parents talking about church like that. And third, we're not being biblical. You need to go to the person. Just go to them lovingly, respectfully, and get it worked out. Idea at wretched.org. You okay? What do you mean am I okay? You feel like Shadrach? Meshach. Oh, I see what. So (laughs) it is biblical. It is. I don't. You know what, though? They were in the fiery furnace. They didn't get this red. I'm just telling you. No. (laughs) Well, it's in the Bible someplace. But trust me, they did not get as scorched as I currently am. And they had protection in there, too. You're sweating right now. Do you know why? Why? Me. (laughs) Because you're so hot. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard. uh, Unbelievable. Okay. 
Oh, Al was telling me. Somebody told him, if you get really bad sunburn, use vinegar. Cool. Uh. I walk around smelling like a salad. Another person said, put the egg whites on. Separate the yolks and then lather that all over the place. Try alcohol. (laughs) Just rubbing alcohol. Are you kidding me? I think vinegar would burn just as bad. (laughs) <laughs> I see. So you're saying maybe not a great idea. Right. Al actually said it worked. He was willing to, to walk around smelling like a salad bar. He said it actually worked. I don't know if it does or it doesn't. It, I got that. I, the stuff that says sunburnt more than aloe. I hope it works because otherwise I suspect in about 12 hours, I'm going to be doing a very good impression of a lizard. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Philip. Who says both adults and children continue to throw away food, amen, by not eating all they take at our church dinners. We put a lot of time and money to prepare that food, and uh, it just goes from the casserole dish and into the trash can. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. Uh, These are biblical issues here. Stewardship, wastefulness, contentment, humility. What do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with it. I would simply ask, how important is that issue? Where is the congregation at with their maturity? What will happen if I bring this particular issue up? How might it be brought up? Do I have any level of authority inside of the church? I would consider all of those things. I wouldn't put it at the top of the list of issues that I'd want to be addressing, but it, it could be a reference from a classroom, from a sermon. And if you do approach it, use it as an opportunity to build up. Because something like this that agitates us, <laughs> we can have a tendency. All right, you kids, let me just tell you about my grandparents. They lived through World War II. They had to ration. They didn't. They always took home leftovers. They never threw away. You're ungrateful. No, don't do that. But find a way to teach biblically that we should not be wasteful, that we should not be ungrateful, that we should be thinking, I need to take less perhaps than what I need. I can always go back for more. After all, it is a church buffet. And and just be wise about it. Good stewardship. Consider the people who took time in a warm kitchen to make this food. So just be mindful as you go through the line because we want to be really godly in everything that we do. So yeah, you could, but just use it as an opportunity to build up as opposed to just tear down. This is Wretched Radio. Books of the Bible. First Timothy contains Paul's instructions to his protege for church leadership. Paul exhorts Timothy to confront and correct false teachers and to preserve sound doctrine through church structure and preaching of the word. The church has a responsibility to preserve and maintain the truth given by God in his word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No, this isn't a rerun. We are dipping into the mailbag all week long. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, whatever you think is wretched, whatever you think might help me lessen my temperature from, okay, I'm not at boiling, but I'm in the 200s right now. Those tips would be most certainly welcomed. Idea at wretched.org. You're not letting us go, are you? It's not letting go of me, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. It's tenaciously sticking around. I think I'm a couple of shades lighter. You know, the, those <laughs> color wheels that like painters use. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm a half a shade less red than I was a few days ago. Man, I'm, I did not know skin could get that pink. Now, I know that you're interested in the details. Uh, the Grand Shed 
has not begun yet. That's good. That's going to be that's like uh, <laughs> just in case you forget to use sunblock. Yeah. Reminder, you're going to peel like a gecko. Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from David. Who Do said, geckos peel? Gecko. I don't know. Salamanders Shed. peel. Snakes do. Oh, okay. I could have used that. Then, see, that would make it more biblical again. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is, this is, sorry, this synapse is a little bit distant. But I basically just compared my skin burn to the devil uh, being in the form of a snake in the garden. Somebody sent me an, a link to a movie that was made six years ago. And it was a movie of, like the drug cartel. Mm-hmm. Ken Copeland was in it. <laughs> okay. For no, what? I'm not kidding. Ken Copeland was actually in the movie. He play himself? Well, at first, when he was, it's like, I thought that he was like playing like, you know, kind of the, the Antichrist figure. <laughs> and I thought, well, no, that's too obvious. So we must be something. And sure enough, and his accent, I think, I think it was in a Hispanic accent, actually made my Scottish accent, my brogue. Sound amazingly accurate. It was really, ooh. So Ken Copen really acted in a movie. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Oh, he's he's a good actor. Well, I guess he acts oh, as a preacher oh, every well, week. Decades of experience <laughs> yeah. pretending to use the Bible like that. <laughs> Idea at wretched.org. Now you're just going to make me look it up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go find the movie by Ken Copeland. Okay. Don't forget, too, he was also in a big band. That was that was another one of his talents on full display. Oh, really? Uh-huh. He was in a big band and he did an album. God loves a big God lo- has always loved and always will love a big band. And then the band starts up and he starts crooning. I had no idea. Wow, I've got work to do in here, Jimmy. He's multi-talented. You have so much to learn, don't you? <laughs> I do. Idea at wretched. Daughter, please read an email soon <laughs> from Daniel or David. I'm sorry. It's from David. As a believer, how can we correctly interpret the concept of God being immutable and never changing, but have a verse in Genesis 6, 6 describing God as repenting for yeah, having. It's an, it's an anthropomorphism. God doesn't get new information and change his mind or feel bad about a decision that he made. It's to help us understand. Oh, I know that feeling that these, this, this thing is such a mess. Ah, that's what he's describing. God isn't immutable. He doesn't learn. He's omniscient already. He just uses language on occasion, for instance, describing himself as like a mother hen. He's not a girl with feathers. It's just language that he uses to help us grasp him. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Uh, This one is from Anonymous. I'm a Christian woman who likes yoga. Is that a bad thing to want to do yoga? Define yoga. That's what you you need to define yoga. If you're going to a class where they stretch and you get twisted this way and that way and it helps your lower back, I don't think it's a sin to go to that class. You know, not nuts that they would call it yoga, but that's not actually yoga. Yoga is a Hindu salvific practice. It is how you get connected to the great big nothing in the universe. You do yoga to calm yourself, to empty your mind, to get into physical positions that connect you to the divine. If it's doing that, then absolutely not. Stretching, cool. 
But it would be better to call it something else because it ain't yoga and any association with it. I'd be a little bit careful about giving an impression that I'm all for what is a Hindu practice. Idea at wretched.org. It's Christian stretching. Christians? Fine. Some churches do that. Hey, Jimmy. Yes. Guess what I have? A sunburn. Besides a sunburn. <laughs> What's that? God has and always has had a big band. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. You've been running too long. Come on home. Come on home. My house is where you belong. Story of the prodigal. Come on home. Come on home. It's really him. I've been expecting your call. Come on home. Come on I'm home. I'm trying to push the button. I can't make this. <laughs> I'm like the Wizard of Oz. There we go. That's, that's Idea re- at wretched.org. That's really him. Yes, it's I, really I, him. Oh, goodness. I had no clue. Well, he's got skills and talents that are just... <laughs> Underrated, let's say. Idea <laughs> at wretched.org. All right, from Jay. He says, God is always first in everything, but when it comes to family, who do I honor first? Father or mother or grandfather and grandmother? Yes. <laughs> but now, do you, you honor all of them. Who do you listen to if you get conflicting device, advice? If you're, un, if you're under somebody's household, you listen to mom and dad. Receive wisdom, but if you are if you are under the the authority of your mom and dad, you you need to give them first place in the deal. Grandparents say something different than mom and dad. You stick with you stick with mom and dad, but you honor your grandparents. You receive their wisdom, and you you respect them for it. Jimmy, yes, just tried to find the Ken Copeland movie trailer. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Elvis popped up. <laughs> He's in the movie too. I don't. Well, let's give this a try. This could be it. Oh, this is a different movie than the one I saw. He looks like the Terminator in this one. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. He is the Terminator. Let me just apologize on behalf of everybody here at Wretched Radio for what you've just heard. If you hung the moon, put the stars in place, cause the sun to stay in its special place, what a God you are, what a God. He provides jets, multiple, a hangar, a mansion, a billion dollars, and oh, so much distortion of the truth. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from Joshua. He says, I'm clear that salvation is not of works, but by grace through faith. My question is, based on your understanding of the scriptures, does God work salvation in our hearts instantaneously or over time through more of a process? Salvation is ba-boom. It just happens, lickety-split. But God can work on somebody, leading them to the moment he makes them born again. So is it a process? Well, not in that you're progressively getting saved. You just get saved when God grants you repentance and faith. Please send questions, comment. Oh, 
Und jetzt? How? How is this playing? You hold my life. See what I did there, Jimmy? What did you do? I actually played it on myself so nobody would think that I actually pushed the button to annoy everyone again. Ah. See, there's 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 there, there's there's a lesson to be learned from that. You're on the phone with somebody and they happen to be from the South, which means they struggle to get off the line. Exactly. And on and on it goes and on and on it goes. Here's what you do. You start. To, you know what? When I was at Chick-fil-A, I had this. And then you hang up on yourself because nobody would expect you to hang up on you. And it technically isn't being rude because you actually hung up while you were speaking. Glad we could help you in your Christian walk. In your hand. Ideawretched.org. I now come in. You're going to have to jump in, Jimmy. Oh, <laughs> you're not going to stop him. It's <laughs> about if we just. Here, I got you. Hold on. There you go. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Um, this one comes from... Concentrate. Yeah, this is from Anonymous, too. He says, in my marriage, I love learning more about the Lord, but my wife says that she loves the Lord, but has a universalist idea about heaven. What should I do? Yeah, take a long view is what you need to do. Uh, that's, that's, that is a doctrine outside of orthodoxy. I would, I would figure out a way to get the tone of the home in the right place so that you can sit down and say, sweetheart, we really do need to talk about this. And here's why. Look at what Jesus said about his exclusivity. John 14, 6. Look at about how Jesus says, if you don't have the, fa- if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. He's it. He's the promised Messiah. We, we got to get this straight. Should it be a matter of urgency? Yeah, it should. But just set the tone so that you can teach and let the word do the persuading. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. You know, what used to be a movie is now a sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens 
willingness to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Attributes of God. God is omniscient, meaning he knows all things. He knows all things past, present, and future. God does not learn new information, and nothing takes him by surprise. He knows what will happen and is working all things for his glory and the good of those who love him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio. What do you want to say? How's about calling one 282 beep leaving a question, comment, conundrum, snark, or church sign? If you're not familiar with how that works, you see a church sign, you think it's extraordinary, good, bad, or ugly, whatever, just call and leave it. Now, in order to help, I'm talking like Al Gore rather pedantically. In order to help, this is just my excuse to share with you the tweet that I just got from my buddy Bart in Tennessee. This is the this is the church sign of a Baptist church. God knows who took the catalytic converter off our church van. Praying for you. I like that sign. That's a good one. That's a good example right now. That's a good one. I fear we might not keep that theme going. One eight seven seven two eight two. Church sign. Godly mothers are just angels in sweatshirts. No, they're just not. I, I don't know. Is it possible that that was like not good for angels or mothers? <laughs> now, if you want to use the term, mothers are angelic. We get that, but they're not angels. In sweatpants. And by the way, not every mom always wears sweatpants. Okay with the stereotype. Church sign. Stop, drop, and roll won't work in hell. <laughs> okay, your dramatic reading aside, sir. Uh, pretty much any church sign that involves the word hell. I think I'm down with it. Because at least, you know, it's got a little to it. Stop, drop, and roll. 
Ain't going to help you in hell. Now, it would be cool if they added a Bible verse that shared with people how they can escape hell. That might improve it. But overall, I didn't I didn't hate that church sign. This is on the side of a big rig trailer. Rush up on your Bible. It prevents truth. Yeah, the truth decay business. You know, I will say this. I'm really great. There's a lot of over-the-road truckers. They do put Christian symbols on their vehicles. And I think it's it's cool that they do that. I always think there's a little bit of a danger, however, in putting any sort of Christian symbol on your vehicle. Let's be honest. If you get mad at people for driving like a bonehead, there's a really good chance somebody has been annoyed by you. <laughs> and if you've got that big Christian symbol on the back, wow. I haven't haven't we all done that? Somebody cuts in front of you. Yeah, of course. You're a liberal. You drive a Subaru. Hug the trees. I hope your Birkenstocks last. Well, you know, just we get agitated and we identify our annoyance with somebody's belief system. So put them on. Just be really thoughtful and drive very, very carefully. one 282 Hi, Mr. Friel. I've read all the verses. Pick up your cross, follow me, and... Hey, wait a second. This isn't a church sign. Is it? Well, it begins with the letter C. I, see, I can't see the description. Uh, so I thought it was a church sign. So... I'm going to get you some post-its. We now take a break from our regularly scheduled church sign program. Hi, Mr. Friel. I've read all the verses. Pick up your cross, follow me, and all things have passed away, and all things are becoming new or have become new. What does it mean to be regenerated? Can a person be a Christian without being regenerated? Nope. Nope. Regeneration is what makes you a Christian. You're dead in your sins. God makes you alive. He places you in Christ. He grants you repentance and faith. So regeneration is the only entrance. And please note, it is a gift from God. That is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus, the religious leader. We just posted a YouTube video on this. It's it's really good. It talks about what it means to be born again, to be born from above. And it's me talking to a young man on a campus who kind of Christian, sort of not. And we focused on being born again. The clip shares that Jesus uses that term. You must be born again, born again, born from above, born from above. Five times in eight verses, John in his epistle uses it six times in quick repetition. It's a big deal. A man, a woman must be born again. Now, sir, because you preambled your question with taking up your cross, following him, what does somebody look like when they've been regenerated? The answer is different. They look different. Now, it doesn't mean that the person who just got saved suddenly has a totally perfect attitude, never desires sinful things, understands everything theologically. No, you have been born of the, of the spirit and the water, by the way, which is what Jesus and Nicodemus talk about in John chapter 3. It is alluding back to Ezekiel 40-something when talking about God washing his people that got from above. He's going to wash us. That's why Jesus said, you're, you're the teacher of Israel. You don't know this? You don't, you don't understand what I'm talking about from Ezekiel here? 
What does it look like when somebody gets saved? Well, there are changes that begin. The change is never going to be complete until you are transported into glory. We are progressively growing in holiness. So this, by the way, it has, it has some implications for the subject of church membership. You are confronted with somebody who says, I want to be a member in your church. Okay, what are the requirements to get in? want to be really thoughtful with this. And I truly understand why so many different churches have different models for this, but I think we need to be really careful that we make the standard salvation. I think that you could argue and being baptized because of Acts 2.47, which is the sign that you have been saved. It's, It's the testimony that says, yep, I am all in with Jesus Christ. I am willing to get dunked in a jacuzzi. I'm his, he's mine. It's salvation that is the test. That if somebody has been regenerated, born from above, they qualify for church membership. You say, well, what if they've got ongoing sin? I say, if you know about it, ask them about it. So I understand you've got some ongoing sin. Yeah, and I love it. That calls into question their testimony. But if they say, I hate it, could you help me with it? Then, then, then it's it, you just move on because he's willing to wrestle with it. So we need to make sure that as we're considering who qualifies for church membership, the standard is regeneration. That's what all the questions should focus on. So the person, let's just say, approaches you and says, I want to become a member of your church. Are you baptized? No. Are you willing to be? They say yes. You say, cool. We need to get that taken care of straight away. They go, no. I'm not. Okay, hold on. That calls into question your testimony of self. Why wouldn't you be willing to do this? And then if you explain it, they say, yes, you're good to go. But if they remain convinced, no, I don't need to do that. I won't do that. I'm going to look stupid, whatever it is. It calls into question their testimony. Somebody who is born from above, they look different, but they don't look perfect. But their affections have changed. Overall, you could, I think one of the best ways to share a specific example of this is this is what you used to think about God. Now you think this. This is what you used to think about Christianity. Now you think this. This is what you used to think about the Bible. Now you think this. Now, does that mean that they know the Bible perfectly? They're a perfect? No, it doesn't mean that, but it means their affections have changed. That's what it looks like to be born from above. one 282 Jimmy, I think I've got another non-church sign. Okay. Yeah. Y- are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it doesn't begin with the letter CH. Well, then, yeah, you do. one 282 Hey, guys. had a question about buying all the different types of insurances. Car insurance, homeowner's insurance, etc. Isn't it kind of like buying insurance against God's will? Methinks I know from whence that question emanates. You're wondering, if I buy insurance, is that telling God I don't trust you to keep me safe? And I think the answer is it could, but I don't think it has to necessarily be that conclusion. We live in a risky world. We live in a litigious society, and it's simply wise. It's expensive to get into a car accident, and I I don't think it's a risky insurance scheme. I think it's just wisdom to get insurance for your car. If you're doubting God in that, well, then you need to repent of that and get your insurance. 
But otherwise, just be wise and dwell very, very carefully. And as long as I brought up the subject of insurance, are you going bonkers with the insurance, the premiums, specifically health? Hoy! Medishare.com slash wretched. Please check it out. You will save on average $500 per family. It's not health insurance. It's affordable biblical health sharing where Christians contribute every month and we share one another's burdens. That's what MediShare is about. It could be such a blessing to your family. Visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Check it out. Make sure that it's going to be right for your family. And then give them a holla. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. It'll take you two minutes. They will give you a quote. And you then can decide, huh, looks like MediShare is just the ticket. Jimmy? Yes? We're ending the program. On your holla. With a commercial. (laughs) (laughs) And and on the holla. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. 